The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uri here, and we are recording on a Thursday night, the night after the Orlando Magic game. So, guess what we're going to talk about, Chris? Um, fantasy basketball. Uh, well, I mean, we could, and I'm actually doing really good in my matchup this week. But um, I need you to do well. I'm I'm banking on it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got your message on Slack. Um, I, w- I was confused though. I was like, is he asking me for ba- fantasy basketball or football? No, I'm I'm out of football. Football doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> though well, I would have all... won last the last matchup had it. That been me, but that's whatever. It was you. It's fine. I'm not. You know what? I was pretty close. I beat him the first week. I just lost the second week. Okay. I'm, I'm not bitter at all. It's. Okay. Oh, I'm sure you're not. Um. Hey, all I have to say is Matt Cahill. I'm coming for you, man. Uh oh. I don't know. You're right. He's, he's you undefeated. He's undefeated, but I'm going to give him his first loss. I just have a good feeling. Uh-huh. Have we had Matt on the podcast yet? Not yet. No. I think he'd be great. I think yeah. we should have Matt on. Matt, if you're listening, we're coming for you next. <laughs> but in the meantime, we can talk about the Sixers win against the Orlando Magic, right, Chris? That's right. We can. Um, in somewhat fitting fashion, this was Doc's first game back. Sixers came in, winners of four straight, and they just barely squeaked it out pretty much against the worst team in the NBA. Um, well, hold, hold, hold up. Hold up. They're not the worst team in the NBA. Record-wise, the worst team in the NBA. Um. Mm, they're 7 and 32 yeah i know i know i'm just saying it doesn't feel like they're the worst team it doesn't but they are um 116 to 106 was the final score it really wasn't that close orlando was right in it for a lot of this game they were ahead for certain portions of the game um cole anthony led the way for them with 26 points in just 25 minutes had an injury scare but came back looked pretty good all game that he was in big mo bamba game 
Uh, for Philly, it was, of course, Joel Embiid doing Joel Embiid things. He had 31 points, had some pretty ridiculous plays. 22 for Tobias, 20 apiece for Furkan and Seth. Those were really the big standouts. Andre had a really good game, too. 12 points, 8 rebounds. Um, Lucas, what were some things that stood out for you? I can't believe Doc Rivers did it. He played Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond together. And the crazy thing, Chris, is that it worked. It worked. Now, we, we got teased about this a little bit earlier on in the season. Doc said, oh, yeah, we practice it. Nobody was expecting this to actually happen. And not, you know, yet again, it worked. And granted, Orlando plays two really big guys in Mobamba, who's like seven foot one, probably. And then Wendell Carter Jr., who's 6'10". So, matchup-wise, it makes sense. But, I mean, I guess the other thing is that Joel's used to playing with a non-shooter, so having Andre on the floor doesn't really change that all that much, I suppose, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is obviously a matchup-dependent thing. I don't think we're going to see it very often. Orlando, as you said, has two bigs, so you can sort of get away with it defensively, offensively. Joel can make just about anything work, but it really is not something that Doc should lean on. I I hope that's not where this is going, but it worked in this context, again, against the worst team in the league. There's some asterisks there, but it worked for like the four minutes that they did it. It didn't look bad. Drummond had a really good game in general. This is He's really had a good season. I I think we're kind of underrating as a fan base how good Drummond's been, just broadly speaking. But this was one of his better games in a while. And, yeah, I mean, it it, it worked. It was a positive plus-minus in that, that four-minute stretch, um, which is about all you can ask for when you're doing stuff like that. This is, and we, got, we can't forget to mention that this was definitely a, a slump breaker for Korkmaz, who... I mean, he was starting to come out of the funk, but uh, he really broke it in this game with 20 points. It was a good Furcon game. He's he's getting back to himself. I think part of it is that he's been really in more of that semi-point guard role that we saw him in early in the year when he was really good. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's something they need to incorporate more regularly. Obviously, once Tyrese comes back, things change, but... Maybe let Furkan handle the ball more because clearly it helps him get into rhythm and helps him get into the flow of the offense in a way that just wasn't the case the uh, like month prior to this outbreak. So, yeah. and I mean I to be fair, Shake Milton, Shake Milton is probably the better ball handler between the two, but I'd yeah. rather have Corkmaz hot than Shake Milton just handling the ball. And we know Shake can play off the ball too. So, yeah, I mean they they can both sh- split. Those duties. I mean, yeah. they're they're both pretty versatile offensive players when they're going. Mm-hmm. So, like, Furkan's a better player when he's right. And I, I would prioritize getting Furkan into a rhythm than, like, letting Shake run the show. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's where I'd lean. The, the, I mean, that's a fair – I mean, you could make a point, an argument either way, but I'm not angry with that take. Um, one down part of this game was probably the uh, lack of uh, – Scoring from Danny Green, 24 points, only two shots, didn't make either one of them, and only one. 24 five. points. That's I mean, 24 minutes. Game. Sorry. 24 minutes. Excuse me. Sorry. It's been a long day. Very long day for me. But yeah, 24 minutes, no points, only two shots, and one foul. Minus 13. Yeah. I don't. 
like obviously that stat line like made the rounds on Twitter and everyone made fun of it. They brought up Tony Snell, all that fun stuff. Like like Danny's been really good this year. I I don't Sixer fans need to calm down a bit. There's a lot of really unnecessary like Danny hate just going around Twitter these days. I I, I get I, it. It looks I, bad. Zero points, twenty four minutes. But like Danny's had a good season. It, it's okay. I promise. He's 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 fine. Hey, from one homegrown Sixer fan to another, if you're listening, let that man be. He had one bad game, and like Chris said, he's had a pretty good season. Last season, he was an amazing addition off the bench. Actually, not he's 34 years old. That that's he's going to have a bad game every now and then. He is, and it doesn't make sense for our fans to just roast this guy. After one bad game, just scale back, folks. Scale I back. mean, I, I'll give, I'll defend the fans in this way. He had a rough start to the beginning of the season, so seeing this type of stuff, I could understand it triggers something. But at the same, I do agree with you guys that they need to cool off. But like, it's a long season. The, it's yeah. a long season, Lucas. Yeah, like, no, no, I'm not disagreeing we... with you guys. Like, I, I'm with you guys. Like, they need to chill. But like, I can understand why they're freaking out because the be how we started off this year. Yeah, that, that's all fair. I, I mean, again, just to like hammer home the point, Joel Embiid was awesome. He really was. Really launched it. He's doing some really insane stuff of late. Um, and uh, I, by the way, listeners, if you haven't read Chris's article that came out today about Joel putting himself in the MP, MVP race, you should. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, I like Sean, yeah, when I can. Well, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas, trade deadline is pretty close we're about a month away um anyone on the magic you'd like to see in a Sixers uniform i mean the easy target would be terrence ross and i don't know what his contract is i think it's tradable though what is he making like 12 11 12 a year yeah i mean you you basically have to trade danny though and i i don't know if i'm making that swap i mean it's it's a tempting swap though I don't see Orlando really wanting to part ways with because they're either part of their young core or we wouldn't want them. Like, like I, I can respect what Michael Carter Williams did for the Sixers in 2013, but I don't want to relive that experience again if he came back. Um, and like, other than that, I mean, do we really want Markel back? I mean, I liked him. I have no problems <laughs> you know with him. With Ben out of the picture, it could work. You know, it it could. But don't don't make me go down that rabbit hole, I don't think Chris. We need to put Markel in that situation. I don't think Markel would be okay mentally if he came back. Yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, is is there really a place for him in their future? You have they have a lot of everything. They're very deep, deep team as far as really bad young teams go. Um, they they they're gonna have to consolidate some of those young players for some veterans soon. Yeah. Plan your work and work your plan. For many athletes, sayings such as this could be considered scripture. Permanent signposts lining the long road to success in sports. For some, the very act of pursuing a career in sports can give a sense of control, a sense of safety, so long as you stick to the plan. That is until life happens. Blindsided is a podcast about sports, mental health, and life. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, the podcast will share and analyze the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health 
became the most important focus in their lives. Blindsided then dives in deeper. It gets clinical, and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a podcast not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. And now, back to the Sixer Sense. Like Markel, I think can still be really good if he gets back healthy. So I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like jump ship for the. I mean, he, he was playing good last season until the until the ACL tear. I mean, he was what was he averaging like what twelve and eight or no not twelve and eight what was it? Yeah, fifteen and I don't know. He was playing well. Yeah, and I mean they have the personnel to play big and play small and do all mm-hmm. sorts of weird, funky stuff. So it, it, they're a pretty interesting group. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's kind of hard to find something that makes sense for both sides. Like I'd love Cole Anthony in Philly. It's just not going to happen. Um, well, let, let me throw I, out a name that I don't think we could trade for, but I would want to keep an eye on for the buyout market here, Chris. Well, Gary I, Harris. Yeah. Last year, $20 million, has had a better season but he's still overpaid for his contract. I could see them buying him out if he's not traded at the trade deadline to allow him to go to a contending team. Yeah, I mean, that I'd, I'd be into that. I, I He's a defensive guard. I mean, the three-point shot has not been there the last couple of seasons, but this year it's gotten better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like, speaking of guards and, that, like – if they're going to have to trade one of their, like, five guards at some point, mm-hmm. maybe you could sneak in and get R.J. Hampton for really cheap. If that was possible, I'd love that. I don't know if Philly's ultimately, like, the right place for that to happen. It might cost a little bit I think you probably have to trade. You know, like, the, If I could trade, trade Shake in some seconds for R.J. Hampton, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Because I don't know if they do that. RJ's really, really good, I think. But can yeah. I say that I think Franz Wagner will be really good NBA player for a long time? I don't know if he'll be an all star, but he'll be really good for a long time. Kind of like a Matt Barnes type of guy. Yeah. Not in terms of skill or anything, but like that guy with that sticking power. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was on the Franz train pretty early, I think. I, I was not. I, 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 I was not a fan of his brother. His brother proved me right, and I was wrong about him, though. Yeah, well, well, it's, he's not his brother. That's I know, I know. Well, um, would you, I, you know, one guy I think I remember you were high on in the draft when he was drafted was Chuma Okeke. Yeah. Would you want him? Yeah, I mean, again, if you can, like, get Chuma for a couple second-round picks because they have too many players on that team, sure. Like, I, I think Chuma's going to be an NBA player. He's kind of struggled this season, but he was really good for stretches last season, and he's he's got some some upside. And they still have Jonathan Isaac and Markel out of the rotation, too. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that rebuild takes shape. I don't think any of us expected Cole Anthony to be as good as he's been this season. Like, he yeah, was, it's been a bit I, of a surprise. I thought he was going to be a year. high-end spark plug off the bench. Yeah, that, I really that's, liked, that's what I thought his ceiling was. I really liked Cole at North Carolina. I was pretty high on him. I had him like in the lottery when a lot of people didn't, but mm-hmm. he wasn't very good last season, and he's really good, like borderline all-star good this season. He obviously won't make the team because the Magic are 7-32, and 32, but 
Um, yeah, he deserves it, it'll be really interesting. I, I think that is complicated things because now you have Jalen Suggs and you have Markel and you have Cole who's like just exploded and you have RJ mm-hmm. Hampton. Like they probably can't keep all four of those. I guys. you trade one or possibly two of them because you still have Markel, you got MCW who's a good defensive uh, uh shooting guard. I use the term shooting guard lightly because obviously he can't. Um, and like you have all those guys under team control for a while, so there's no rush to figure it out. But yeah, Suggs and Cole are your starting backcourt of the future, ideally. So it makes it a little bit tricky to see the path forward for Markel unless he's going to be the sixth man, which is totally possible. Yeah. But I mean, Markel's on a tradable contract, too. I mean, what is he, uh, three years, 50 mil? I think so. That, that's that. well, roughly what about twelve point five million? That's that's tradable. Yeah, you could trade sure. a rebuilding team that needs a point guard. You know, why not take a flyer on that? You could do that. Yeah. No. I mean, a lot of contenders could probably take a flyer on that. Like, I yeah. mean, he's going to be a good player. Yeah, and if he can ever figure out a shot again, who? There you go. And we're going to talk about all-star voting. So, Chris, let me ask you this. No no, no surprise here, no Ben Simmons. No other Sixers besides Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid is the third most vote-getter among frontcourt players in the Eastern Conference. Only Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo are ahead of him. And he has a sizable lead above number four, which is Jason Tatum. So, Chris... What surprises you the most about this early vote count regarding Joel or any other players? Yeah, there's really not a ton that surprises me. I could say, like, I'm surprised about Kyrie getting this, but I'm not. Of course, people are voting for Kyrie because he's in New York. Fans are fans. I mean, Derrick Rose is number seven among guards in the East. Yeah, and, like, a certain group of people are probably, like, racking up votes for Kyrie for stupid reasons. But anyways... Like like Joel being third makes sense. That's what he does. Like that's what he's earned. Like Giannis mm-hmm. and Durant are two guys that I would rank higher than Embiid in the MVP race. Like so, it, it's a good good spot for him. He's gonna be a starter. That's pretty much where he's gonna be every season as long as he's as long as he's healthy. Um, DeRozan isn't really a guard, but he he's enough of a guard to. He's, he, he's a he's flexible starting. player. He's he a should flex- be starting, so I'm yeah. not mad at that. Yeah. Um, like I would put Jaw over Luca if I was picking the starting yes. guards in the West. Yeah, but same here. Luca's really good. It's not. It's hard to like complain about it. And mm. Luca has a lot of votes. I'm assuming from Europe. And yeah, you know, I don't have really any complaints with LeBron, Jokic, and Paul George. Is the free three front court guys. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins at number four is interesting. Yeah. Wiggins has been really good this year. Like I'd be totally down for Wiggins making the all-star team. He's been uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I think he's better. Okay. He's kind of taken on the Harrison Barnes role. I think he's better yeah, than what Harrison Barnes was. It's like for what? Golden 18, State. 20 points a night in great defense and great three point shooting on the best team in the league. I, there's an all-star case there. He's I mean, there's an good. all-star case. I mean, he has as much of an all-star case this season as Tobias had last year. That's that's how yeah. I will put it. I don't know. but 
Because you got Steph and you got Draymond. Draymond's behind Wiggins. That makes no sense. Yeah, no, like if they only get two, Draymond's the second guy. There's yeah. no doubt there. I don't think Wiggins should start over Paul George or anything. But if he's like the last guy on the all-star team, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Can I can I throw in a wrench here for the West front court? Actually, Gobert should be starting. What am I? No, 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 no. Well, he should. Like he should. they can't. Well, I guess you're not going to start Donovan Mitchell. I wouldn't start Donovan. Well, Mitchell. no, you get three front court spots. I put. Well, Gobert no, no, no. I'm just court. saying you don't. Do you, does Utah really deserves two starters? No, they're not getting a starter. Mitchell's not starting, but they deserve yeah. two all stars. I mean, and both you could you, you could you could talk me into Gobert being an all star. But sure. they deserve one starter. And yeah, Gobert over Paul George. Like I, I think that's the right. Uh, I mean, I, I could I could see the argument because you're not going to start Donovan Mitchell over Steph Curry or John Morant. Look, so. guys, you know I I have Gobert like fifth in the MVP race. I mean, where I stand. I mean, here's my thing. I I wouldn't start Gobert, but I would have him on the All Star team. Here's who I would throw in as the third starter, not Paul George, because Paul George has missed a decent amount of time. I throw in Cat. Gobert's had a better, like, as good or a better season than Cat, and his team's winning games. Cat's team's in the playoff race, too. Yeah, Utah being is, like, statistically flawed. maybe the best Besides team the being majorly flawed, Cat has gotten that team into the playoff talk. Him and- is awesome. Cat is an all-star, but... If I'm picking my three starters, it's Jokic, LeBron, and Gobert. If we're yeah. going strictly based on who deserves it, can I can I like talk building the best lineup? Yeah, for, like for, Draymond or something. But well, that, for for me, I would take out and let me go to the East guards. I don't think James Harden has deserved to be a starter. To be honest, he's been inconsistent this year. Mm-hmm. I would throw in probably Trey Young. Yeah, the thing is, like, even an inconsistent James Harden is really good i mean deserving of that <laughs> i'm i'm sorry i gotta give trey young his flowers here yeah i mean and, harden has been bad by his standards for a lot of the season and he's averaging like 23 9 and 10 i know he's been on a tear the last couple games chris but like still i i think consistency matters if you're a starter or not sure so so and that's like, why i gotta give it trey young. Trey is like the hawks are Six games below five hundred. But that's is but, but okay. That's the defensive end, not the offensive end. The offense is lead. The defense sucks. Yeah. And part of that has to do with um the fact that DeAndre part Hunter's of it has out. To do with the fact that Trey's a really bad defender. Okay. <laughs> but you could say that about half the guards going into the All Star game. I think Zach would be Zach Levine would be a more interesting like counter argument. But do Trey you really want to have two Bulls starters? I don't. Sure, I don't. They're first place in the East. I mean, that's. I don't not know. What we expected. I don't know. I mean, it's tempting, but I, I I don't know. For me, I'd give it to Trey Young. Or if I wanted to see the world burn, I get maybe I'd I'd let Lamelo do it just for kicks and giggles. Yeah, I mean Lamelo's really good. Like I don't even think it'd be kicks and giggles. Lamelo's great uh, as um, long as it's not Kyrie. You know. Yeah, Kyrie does not deserve. Please. Well, you know what? If it was in Brooklyn, the All Star game. Nice. Luckily for him, it's in Cleveland. <laughs> but like I see, think Fred like Fred Van Vliet probably deserves an all-star bid. He's tenth on yeah. this list. He's Garland does it. too. Yeah, like Tyler Hero shouldn't be on it. As no, Derek Rose been. should not be on it. Derek Rose shouldn't be on it. Kyrie shouldn't be on it. But... Well let's do this. Let's go through each section and see who we say shouldn't be on it. Let's do that for kicks and giggles real quick. 
Yeah, I mean, in the West, it, yeah. front corn, it's Carmelo. I and Wiggins. The obvious one. Yeah. Wiggins is good. I, I think Wiggins, he doesn't deserve to be four necessarily, but like Wiggins is, deserves the spot. I, 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 I mean, I have to look at the like stats, but I feel like there would be 10 other players better than Wiggins before I would put him. That that's that's just the way that I think. But I agree with you. Carmelo is a fan vote, obviously. Looking at the guards in the West, um, Clay Thompson. That that's an easy one. Um, yeah, I would say Russell Westbrook as well. Yeah, I, like Westbrook's not as egregious as you know, like the Kyrie's and the Derrick Rose's of the world. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can make Westbrook's an argument. For, yeah, I mean, you can um, make an argument. But yeah, obviously Clay Thompson hasn't played a game yet. Um, front court in the in the East, um, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Aldridge and like Miles Bridges, I get it, but I get Miles Bridges, and I can you you can Bruce talk me into Bam. Either you can talk me into Bam, even though Bam's missed like a good chunk of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and Vucevic probably shouldn't be there. Probably he's, he's, he's had a down here. year to be honest, but you know. Uh, let's see here on the guards in the east. We said Derek Rose, we said Kyrie, Tyler Hero probably shouldn't be there either. We're missing Bradley Beal. Why is yeah. Bradley Beal not in this? Con- I know he's having a down year, but come on, it's Bradley Beal. Yeah, it's it's because he's having a bad year and he's in Washington. Uh, uh they probably don't have the most active fan base on the internet. No, they probably don't. Um, <laughs> let me think here. I mean. Why have Sixer fans not voted Maxi into the? Top? That is a good That's question. Question. I wonder how many votes Maxi has gotten. I'm curious, but I mean, overall, you got the starters that you suspect. Paul George, even though he's been injured, like okay, fine. That's fine. Yeah, Luca, not not probably not the best. I mean, everybody would say John Moran over Luca, but like Luca, okay, that's fine. He's a perennial MVP candidate when healthy. Yeah, like I don't have any big issues. You can squabble with some of the picks. You can nitpick, but yeah. in general, it's it's not as bad as most fan votes, really. So no. I'm not complaining. Let's talk about Joel Embiid, who just won Eastern Conference Player of the Month, Lucas. Were we surprised about Embiid winning that? Um, again, he's been averaging over his past 10 games, I think, um, like 30 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, some pretty absurd numbers lately. But did that surprise you at all? I mean, I knew Joel was having good games, but I just, I, for some reason in my head, it didn't click, oh, he could actually be up in the East. Because you have guys like Giannis and Durant. Durant didn't miss barely any games Giannis did. So, okay, fair enough. But, like, DeMar DeRozan's going crazy. You don't think of Joel Embiid. And, like I mentioned earlier, you're saying he's putting himself into the MVP convo. True. Um, and But this, this month, you know, him getting player of the month certainly helps that case. Um having just dominating and carrying this team without this team, without Joel on the team, I think they're pretty horrendous record wise. If I remember correctly, I think they were, I don't even remember. I think it's like 
when I did the math last time I wrote something about it in an article, I think they were like three and fourteen or something. I I could yeah. be wrong there. It's it's pretty horrendous though. Yeah, I mean the Sixers have always been really bad without Joel, and this season, obviously with the Ben Simmons stuff, it's even more like egregious how shorthanded they are when Joel is out or when he's having a bad game. Um, like of all the MVP candidates, Joel and Jokic are the two who really just don't have a lot of help at all around them, and that sets them apart in a certain way. Um, obviously, Joel statistically earned this. He's putting up all these absurd offensive games while playing really great defense, too. Like, he's probably arguably his best defensive season to date so far. So I'm not surprised. I I think it's well-deserved. I think there's a reason Philly has won five straight. It's because of Joel. He's the reason. Um, And Lucas, do you think this is a sign of things to come for Joel? Do we think we're trending towards another just dominant MVP-type season from him? As long as health holds up, I don't see why not. I mean, and, I mean, even if you get reinforcements from a Ben trade, still going to be the primary option for three plus quarters because you just need a perimeter guy to help, you know, close out the game. And you can argue that you don't really need that anymore because Joel's becoming a pretty good closer. I wouldn't say he's an elite closer, but he's pretty good at it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you could definitely make the case. And, I mean, I think that knee is finally healed up after banging it against Jonas Valanciunas in that first game because he is moving a lot more nimbly than he was earlier. Like, the move – like, he he's playing like a 6'6 guard Yeah, in, in his frame. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I – I don't see why not. I think I now do I think he's going to win it? No. No. Because Philly's not gonna have a good enough record. And it already seems like everybody wants to give it to either KD or Steph. So yeah. Yeah, it's no. not it's not happening. This he's not gonna win it this season, but will he have an MVP caliber season? Abs- I think it's possible. What is he averaging right now? Like 20, 26 points per game, and that's mm-hmm. after that really rough start. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I agree. He's not going to win it, but the production is pretty absurd. You Like, as you said, he got off to a really rough start, but the shooting touch is coming back around. He's still improving. Like, like he's still getting better and doing new things and breaking on moves we haven't seen before, which is just pretty remarkable and speaks to his work ethic and his, like, very new, unique desire to get better. Um, again, the defense, as good as it's ever been, um... He certainly has like a spotlight on this team because he's the he doesn't have Ben to help him out. He doesn't really have Tobias at full Tobias strength right now. Max is still figuring really young. Yeah, he's so still figuring it out. Joel's carrying a lot of weight for this team right now. He got some inverting time off due to COVID. Now the Sixers have like three games in two weeks. So he's not gonna be as tired as he maybe normally would be at the midway point of the season, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I, I expect him to continue being Joel Embiid. He's one of the best players in the NBA. That's just a fact. That's where we are now. It's not a surprise really anymore. It's just the state of things. Um, I will say this. He's starting to reclose that gap between him and, uh, Jokic. Oh, don't get him started, Lucas. (laughs) Do not get him started. I, I, maybe me, I want to see chaos reign. Let me interject and just say that Embiid is proving a lot of people wrong. 
including myself, where I kind of saw him being the more traditional back-to-the-basket player who occasionally goes out and hits a three. But he's doing moves, like Chris said, that – Euro steps, up and under layups. Uh, it's remarkable what he's been able to do to expand his game. And uh, I wrote an article, came out today <laughs> in case people didn't catch it. It's a comparison of Allen Iverson and Joel Embiid. Hope you guys check it out. But like I said, Embiid is doing some remarkable stuff. The answer and the process. I like I like that you added that, Lucas. That was yeah. perfect. I, I don't know why I didn't think of it, but I'm glad you. No, no, no. I was just I I was it was just a subtitle, and I was just like I think he would appreciate it. It was perfect. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it is a really good article, guys. Definitely check out Uriah's work. Uriah sadly does he does mostly does the podcast stuff, which we really appreciate. But when he gets a chance to do this this like deep dive stuff, they're usually pretty good. So. We definitely appreciate that when they come around. Yeah. Uh, Go read it, people. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Joel, he might be the most fluid center in NBA history. When I say that, I mean the way, like I said, he moves like a six-six guard. Like no big man in NBA history can has, when healthy, can move like Joel Embiid moves like not to yeah. not be able to do the stuff like even Jokic, Chris, he can't move like Joel does. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you'll probably get people who are like Wilt Chamberlain could. Run. I mean, I I haven't seen enough f- footage of Wilt to really say that, but yeah. Wilt was just a giant among children. So Look, I'll sign yeah. off on that notion, Lucas. Embiid moves like a guard, and he's been saying it all season. He's like, I'm not. He's been saying this for years that he thinks he's a guard. We just didn't believe him. Right. Well, I also think that marketing-wise with the sneaker deal, I'm sure that they probably were driving that home just because there's a stigma behind big Mm -hmm. men not being able to sell shoes. But but he's pulling out some tricks that I think Mm -hmm. it'll – hopefully it'll benefit the team in the future. I still don't like him dribbling too much in the open court. That, That bothers me a little bit. I don't like him dribbling into traffic too much. I'm right. I'm afraid of those right. legs getting hurt. But I will say this about you mentioned the shoe. His shoe isn't made like a big man's shoe. Big men's shoes have really good ankle supports. Have you worn the MB? No, no, no. But I've seen the models and I've seen uh, them on people. I've, so I... I wore them. I've worn them one time. I was mm-hmm. at the photo shoot. And they're comfortable. I, I was surprised. The first time I put them on, I'm like, God, I can't even fit my fit in these, my feet in these, but they're pretty comfortable. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I, I, Chris, did you want to touch on anything else there? Um, yeah, not really. Joel Embiid's okay. really good at basketball, guys. Um, He's the top 10 player in this league, easily. quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but let's go ahead and talk about the Sixers supposedly second best player, active second best player, and uh, Tobias Harris here. Um, arguments could be made that he's not. I would be supportive of that argument, but you know. Anyway, <clears throat> we do have the talk about uh, recently. Tobias Harris has been in a slump for most fans that watch. You know, it's not been pretty to watch. But uh, prior to. Prior to him breaking that slump against the uh, Magic, he um, the the Sixers were playing against the Rockets, and and Chris the the home fans booed Tobias Harris, and he barked back at the fans. You know, he he got into it with the fans a little bit. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts about that? 
Um, you know, I I really try not to have too many thoughts about stuff like that. Uh, I I don't really care that he barked back. Like, if you're gonna boo, why? Like, how are you gonna complain if he like barks back? You're barking at him. It's two way street. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you want athletes to take it personally, and if you're gonna boo them, isn't the whole goal to like inspire him and get him yeah. motivated that's kind of the point so I, I i didn't have any issue with it i i really i truly don't care generally about like the philly booing stuff i i try not to like opine about it on twitter and stuff like that because it's just normally not worth the energy so like clearly he took it to heart he had a pretty great media availability where he talked about it and you know so i i think the fans have forgiven him somewhat and i think the way he responded to it was positive and a lot of people of course brought up ben who did not respond to it in the same way etc etc i think it's fine obviously tobias is under a unique amount of scrutiny because he has the world's largest contract and that's really not his fault it's a bit unfortunate that he well, not the largest, because have you met John Wall? Uh, I know. It was <laughs> intentional hyperbole. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, like Tobias is a very frustrating player sometimes. I get it. It It's not that hard to boo him in, at certain points. I half the time am doing it behind my computer screen internally. <laughs> but he bounced back. He said what he needed to say. He handled it well. And with grace and with the right competitive spirit, so I don't, I don't have any issues with it. Yeah, I don't have any issues with it. You know, he talked about it afterwards. He said, you know, I love the fans. Nothing personal. And Joel has barked at the barked back at the fans when they booed him. And you know what? As soon as he did something great, everybody was cheering, and he waved, he lifted his hands, and he was waving everybody to him. He was embracing it. And Tobias, granted, he didn't do that, but you know. Like you said, he stepped up to the challenge, had a good game against an Orlando team that probably have the players to give him a little bit of a tough time defensively, you know, offensively anyway. So I'm I'm all for it. I, I don't think this is a big deal. Tobias, you do you, bud. Fans are gonna do them. And when it comes to it, once you start, you know, once you break out of your slump, you know, all forgotten, all forgiven. But I'm I'm curious to see what Uriah thinks about this because Uriah probably gets to the most games out of the three of us. About Tobias getting booed? Yeah. I don't get it because it's a long season and a game in January that really doesn't have that much significant difference to it. Uh, I, I do understand that these guys are human. Uh, I was floated a theory earlier today in a conversation, a good friend of mine who lives in Florida, shout out to Ira. He said that he thinks that maybe Tobias has more pressure on him on top of the contract, but maybe Tobias is in some trade rumors and maybe he doesn't like that. And maybe he, maybe he could be on the trade block and he's a little frustrated as a result. I'm just saying, I wrote an article recently about Tobias being traded to the Mavericks, and honestly, he seems like a good fit. He would be the third option there behind Luka and and, and, uh, Porzingis. So I'm just saying it might be better for him to get out of there, a little less pressure somewhere else. 
And while we're talking about trades here, we're just going to go jump into uh, recent rumors, right, Chris? Yeah. Um, those rumors being um, from Sam Amick over at The Athletic talking about Sacramento. And basically the point was that De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton are very much on the table and that while Sacramento prefers to continue building around those two guys, they are not completely unwilling to trade them, which was the narrative for most of the season up to this point. He also noted that there's still very much interest in Ben Simmons from Sacramento's side. The Kings have been talked about as a potential Ben Simmons landing spot. From the very beginning, it has always made some degree of sense for that team because they're just like stuck in the mud right now and they need some sort of change to potentially get them out of the mud. Um, so Lucas, at this point, Fox and Halliburton on the table to some degree. Are you still interested at all in a package that Sacramento can offer for Ben? And if so, what would that package entail? I mean, yeah, I would be interested in a package, sure. Um Let's look at what we could get. Fox or Halliburton? You don't want both. I would take Halliburton. Well, here's my take. If they're giving you both, you take both. If that's, like, actually on the table, which is probably not, I I know, like, the fit's weird and you can't have too many guards, but, like, at some you point, could it's you like could, a you talent thing. De'Aaron you, Fox has had a bad season, but De'Aaron Fox is still really good, and yeah. he's going to be a good player. And if they're giving you both those guys, I'm fine with that. I'd be supportive of that. You I mean, I wouldn't hate it. You you would get probably equal value for Ben then in terms of actual talent level. Yeah, and you can always trade Fox later mm-hmm. or make it a three-team, whatever. But yeah. I'm not opposed to that if that's actually on the table, which again, I mean, yeah. it's not. But It's not, but I mean, I, okay, fair. But I, I'm more than likely only one of them is for Ben. I wouldn't suspect and somebody I forgot who put it on Twitter, but somebody was like, Philly would want, you know, uh, Sacramento is willing to trade Halliburton or Fox. Philly would want Halliburton. Sacramento would want Philly to want Fox. Yeah. And I think they could play together. I mean, Tyrese Maxey's similar. I mean, Tyrese Maxey's, I, I say probably has a higher seal as high of the ceiling, if not slightly higher than, um, De'Aaron Fox in terms of, you know, being able to play with other ball-dominant players. Um, so you they could play together. So, I, I mean, I would go for Halliburton, and this is what I would ask. I would ask for um, Tyrese, Harrison Barnes, and if at least one future first, maybe two, if you can squeeze two out of them. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a pretty reasonable starting point. Um, if they ask you to take on Bagley, you could, but I, I, I yeah, I, ha- I have to. no interest in Bagley. Like, I you, you can reroute him to about. a third team yeah. if you want to. Um, like, I, I agree. Like, if Philly wants one of those two guys, it's probably Halliburton. Kyle Newbeck seemed to kind of confirm that with his reporting. Like, it seems like Halliburton would be the guy Philly's most interested in. If you're Sacramento, Ben Simmons makes a lot more sense next to Halliburton than next to Fox. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of twofold. Like if you are trading for Ben Simmons, does do he and Darren Fox work at all? I'm not really sure that they do. I mean, it depends on what type of offensive role you have, Ben. If you still have Fox being the ball-dominant player and then have Ben more of as, as a role man, 
That's fine, but then you can't play him and Rashawn Holmes together because Rashawn's a really good pick and roll player too. Yeah, it it um, it's it, it gets it gets thickle with Ben and Fox. Yeah, for sure. And like Ben's a really good player. You can probably make him work even in less than ideal settings. That's what Philly's been doing for four or five years. But yeah, I I I agree with that. I would want Halliburton as the core of the package. Um, I I do think like Tyrese and Fox get along quite well. They fit well together. It's not a fit issue in Sacramento. Cool. It's just a talent issue. Yeah. So. And I, and I, I honestly think Halliburton is probably better than Fox. And really the fact there. is that Halliburton has to play off of Fox if they play together. Yeah, I, I, I think Fox is certainly taking a step back this year. So there's some reason for concern. I Halliburton can do a lot off the ball. He's a very smart player, good defender, makes a lot more sense next to Maxi and Embiid, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. Like Halliburton and Barnes is a good, really good starting point. I'd be up for that. I'd take Harris of Barnes over Buddy Heald. I know there's a lot of Buddy Heald talk. We don't Heald need is, another shooter. We Buddy need Heald a, per, a backup we, guard. Yeah. Like we, a good backup. Yeah. But here's the thing. We don't need more. I mean, shooting, you can never have too much shooting, but you need, the Sixers need perimeter defense and rebounding. Harrison Barnes gives you both. And he's a pretty solid shooter himself. He yeah. can average 16 to 18 points on any given season. Yeah, look, you're and he fits Barnes. next to, to, to Tobias as well. You you start Barnes, you start the two Tyrese's. You have Seth and Danny like anchoring the bench. That's a good team. Or you mm-hmm. have Tyrese anchoring the bench, and you start Seth. Whatever, that's a good team. That's mm-hmm. that's a better team than what we're currently watching. So, I, I think I, that I, team could actually make some noise in the playoffs, especially if both Tyrese's continue to develop. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think on that note, unless Uri wants to add anything before we uh, sign off here, guys. No, I have nothing to add, man. Wow. What? Okay. Um, play us out, please. You don't like my Jamaican accent? No, not at all. all right. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I'll cut that. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep it in now. Wow. Keep it in. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> To all our listeners, thank you for tuning into yet another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. As always, it would really help us out if you could like, subscribe, follow along. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible. Um, what's the other one? Where, where do we publish it? Uh, um, Omni. Yes. Anywhere. We are everywhere. We are also on our website, thesixersense.com, where you can read our other written work as well. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sixer Sense. You can follow Lucas at Lucas Johnson NBA. You can follow Uriah at UY760. No, right? I've yeah. changed it. You changed it? I changed it. What? Just, just for the fact that you guys can't get it right ever. It is uh-huh. the same as my email address, youyoung76. Okay. Okay. There you go. That, that, I like that a lot. And I follow won't change Uriah. it anymore. <laughs> follow Lucas. I'm at Klein NBA. If you want to follow me, my Twitter's not very interesting. I'll admit. Um, he, he posts as much movie stuff as he does NBA stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's really there's not a lot of point to my Twitter page right now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. We really do appreciate it, and we will be back next week with more Sixers talk. So until then, have a good one. 
thanks, Lucas, for winning your week. Uh, thanks, Matt, for winning your week and getting me tied with Uriah. Um, I, I need that. I'm trying to get to fourth place. So I'm sorry, Uriah. But I have Clay Thompson coming back Sunday, baby. Uh, yeah, that's not going to help you this a, week. And a full minutes, roster. 15 minutes off the bench. Yeah, he'll score, he'll score 40. <laughs> I, I would like to see it. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah. All right. All right, folks. Bye, everyone. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.